Blackboard Football Podcast. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. This is the Blackboard Football Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Merriam. And as you know, we've got two weeks of Pac-10 football back. We've got the Big Ten is back. The Big 12 is back. The SEC and the ACC are back. So we've got all of our Power 5 conferences playing. We've got some independent teams that have been balling out. We've got some teams that are in a group of five that have been balling out Uh We've been waiting to relaunch this series until all of college football was back. But now that everything's back, we're ready to go. We're ready to get into it. So we're going to go ahead and talk power rankings, see what teams have matched up the best so far and put together the best records, best resumes. And we're going to tell you who we think the top 10 teams in the country are. So let's go ahead. Let's get into it. Let's do it. So starting off the Blackboard football power rankings, we have at number 10, the Indiana Hoosiers. This this pains me to say um, I have been a long time Indiana hater and a long time Big Ten hater but all bias has to come aside Michael Penix the quarterback playing phenomenal they have a great resume they've beat two of the big three in the Big Ten so far they beat Michigan they beat Penn State uh both of those teams do look a little bit down this year but they're still quality wins they're still good wins and they've just gone out and they've been one of the most impressive teams in the country by far this year so we're gonna put them in number 10 in our power rankings this week number nine the Oregon Ducks Probably the best offensive line in the country. Great, efficient offense. Another solid defense. Obviously, they lost some talent like Justin Herbert, but they just bounced back real well, playing great. Um, Probably the Pac-12's biggest and best chance at the college football playoff, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Number eight, we have the Miami Hurricanes. They've struggled in some games, and obviously they lost to Clemson, but they do have a dynamic playmaker. They've got Derek King at quarterback. They're still playing well. Uh, So I have to just keep them in there right now. Number seven, here's where we got our first real surprise team of teams that not everyone considers on a year-to-year basis as someone that should be in the top 10. Our first group of five team, BYU. They are by far the best group of five team. I would take them over Cincinnati in a heartbeat right now. And they've got a Heisman contending quarterback. I mean, Zach Wilson's putting up insane stats this year. Really improved last year. He wasn't fully healthy this year, being fully healthy being able to do what he does best. And they're just, they're dominating opponents. Uh, I got them as the number 17 in the country right now. Number six, Texas A&M. They're a legit team. They're playing both well on both sides of the ball. They beat Florida in a close game. They're only lost to, uh, to Alabama. This is a team that down the stretch could be a potential college football playoff team, depending on how everything else goes. If they remain with one loss at the end of the season, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Aggies. Uh, number five, I have this team a little bit lower than most teams do, Ohio State. They have an efficient offense. They have an efficient defense. They have Justin Fields, who is one of the most electrifying, one of the best playmakers in college football right now. But they they start off slow. They start off slow against Nebraska in their first game. And I know it's their first game, but still, it's a Nebraska team that had no business being in that game. And it took them until the third quarter to really turn it on against them. Justin Fields, though, 
uh, being able to lead that offense. I mean, they're definitely a top five team with him. But of the four teams in front of him, I don't think they would beat any of them one-on-one. Which brings me to number four, the Florida Gators. They have by far the most efficient offense in the country. They have an improving defense that's getting better every week. This week, they play Vanderbilt. So they're going to be able to just kind of get some guys that haven't been healthy, let them rest, let them get healthy. Uh, They're going to be able to work on their defense, focus on uh, fixing some of their holes. Their only loss was in a close game at Texas A&M. Kyle Trask has been the best player in college football this year. Uh, And we'll get into that later, too. Don't worry. But Kyle Trask, best player in college football this year. Kyle Pitts, who missed the Arkansas game. One of the best non-quarterbacks, if not the best non-quarterback in college football this year. And they've got guys like Kadarius Toney also that are just elite threats on offense. I mean, their offense is so efficient. They're playing great. They get better every week. They dominated in that Georgia game. I got them at number four right now. Number three, the Clemson Tigers. Only loss is in double overtime at Notre Dame Stadium without Trevor Lawrence. So you can't really discredit them for that. DJ Uyagale is playing lights out. Trevor Lawrence comes back this week, though. Uh, so obviously, there hasn't really been much of a drop-off at the quarterback position, but still having a veteran presence like that is going to be a difference maker in a game like Notre Dame. They have an elite offense, a great defense. Uh, this team, to me, is still a top-three team, even with a loss. Uh, but number two... The team that beat them, Notre Dame. Elite run game, great offense, great defense. Ian Book playing probably his best season this year with a win versus Clemson. Their defense is incredible. And look out for their receiver. My boy played high school football with him, Ben Skronik, who's putting up monster numbers this year as well. They're definitely the team to beat in the ACC this year. It just sounds weird saying with Notre Dame, the team to beat in the ACC, knowing how long they've been independent, both uh, with all the circumstances surrounding coronavirus this year and being an ACC team. They're the team to beat, uh, and it's going to be real interesting to see. I think we're going to get a Notre Dame-Clemson rematch in the ACC championship game. We'll get into some scenarios like that later as well. And, of course, number one, the Alabama Crimson Tide. They're playing like Alabama should be playing. They've got a superstar quarterback in Mac Jones who has arguably been the second-best quarterback in the country. I would say he's been more impressive so far than Justin Fields and then Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, the only person I would say has been more impressive so far Kyle Trask. So Alabama, they're playing like they should. Their defense is great. Their offense is great. They're beating everyone. They beat Georgia. They beat Texas A&M. They're going to coast to go undefeated into uh, the SEC championship game where they'll probably play Florida. Um, Alabama, the number one team in the country right now. All right, so I talked about Mac Jones and Kyle Trask and Zach Wilson. Uh, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence have obviously played this season as well, um, though they've been off the past couple weeks because of injuries and because of games being canceled due to the virus. Um, But we're going to get into some of these big-time players, talk about why we think they might be Heisman contenders, and then after we go through each player individually, we're going to rank all of these contenders and say who, if the season ended right now, we would give the Heisman to. So let's go ahead and get into that, too. We'll start with Trevor Lawrence. He has played in six games, 6-0 as a starter, win over Miami, missed two games due to COVID-19, including the double-overtime loss to Notre Dame. So far, six games played, 17 touchdowns, only two interceptions, 70.7 completion percentage, 1,833 yards, and arguably one of the best, if not the best, passer in college football. Probably going to be the number one pick in the draft this year. Speaking of highly regarded quarterbacks in next year's draft, we'll talk about Justin Fields. He's only played three games so far, six touchdowns, zero interceptions, 594 yards, 87.3 completion percentage with a win at Penn State. Obviously, his numbers aren't going to be as impressive right now because of the virus because of the big Ten's delayed start to only having three games 600 yards in three games isn't that great six touchdowns is pretty good though 
um, and an 87.3 completion percentage is fantastic. And obviously, he's just going to keep getting better. He looked real impressive at the start of the season. He's looked impressive every game. Um, and he's one of the most electrifying, most athletic quarterbacks in college football. So he's just going to keep continuing to get better throughout the season. Speaking of quarterbacks that have got better throughout the season, Mac Jones, 6-0, two top 25 wins, 16 touchdowns to only two interceptions, 2,196 yards with a 78.5% completion percentage. Arguably the front runner for the Heisman right now. Uh, just having played those games, he's put up more yards than Trevor Lawrence, uh, a higher completion percentage than Trevor Lawrence, only one less touchdown with no more interceptions. They've both got two. He's putting up real impressive stats. Here's another shocker. Zach Wilson, the quarterback for BYU. BYU is 8-0 right now. Looks like one of the best teams in the country. Probably the group of five's best chance to ever make a college football playoff is this BYU team right now. Through eight games, 22 touchdowns to only two interceptions. 2,512 yards with a 75% completion percentage. He's fully healthy this year. Last year played through some injuries. He's just looked by far like one of the best pocket passers in college football. He throws a great deep ball, and he's put up stats. He's leading his team to good wins. And last but not least, Kyle Trask, the first SEC quarterback ever with six consecutive four-plus touchdown games. An SEC record 18 touchdowns in his first four games. Through six games, he's got 28 touchdowns to three interceptions, 2,171 yards, and a 70.1% completion percentage. They play Vanderbilt this weekend. His, His stats are only going to continue to get better. Absolutely, this is probably the most deserving resume in college football right now. I mean, having games against Texas A&M and Georgia and still putting up those monster stats. He's been just by far the most impressive quarterback in college football this year. So we're going to take these five candidates. We're going to rank them who right now, if the season ended today, who we would give the Heisman to. In fifth place, we would give it to Justin Fields only because he's got three games so far. With six touchdowns, 594 yards, he's still very athletic, still a great playmaker, just does not have the resumes that these guys have yet. Fourth place, Trevor Lawrence. Missed two games, but still has 17 touchdowns, only two interceptions, has 1,800 yards and a 70% completion percentage. Obviously, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Obviously, means a lot to that Clemson team. We have him in fourth right now. In third, I would put Mac Jones. Your six games, his 2,196 yards is impressive. The 78.5% completion percentage really stands out to me 16 touchdowns two interceptions he's got so many weapons Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith obviously there's been some injuries in that receiver core though so he won't have them all throughout the season um he's been very impressive right now but the two I have in front of him I think have been more impressive which number two would be Zach Wilson 22 touchdowns to two interceptions 2,500 yards 75% completion percentage and like I said probably the best group of five team since that undefeated UCF team and very likely a better team than them as well. And then number one, Kyle Trask having a Joe Burrow-like season, actually breaking Joe Burrow's record for touchdowns to the first four games. And like I said, he's the first SEC quarterback ever with six consecutive four-plus touchdown games. That streak has not broken this season. He's only played in six games. 28 touchdowns to three interceptions is insane. 70% completion percentage. He has been by far the most efficient and the most electrifying quarterback in college football. If the season ended today, he would be our Heisman Trophy winner. And last but not least, we're going to talk who are legit playoff contenders. Obviously, we're going to go through this with uh, each conference. We're going to take take each team in the conference, see kind of who's remaining that has a chance to break into the college football playoff, go by conference by conference, and then at the end, we'll give our final predictions. Um, but we'll start with the SEC. Alabama, obviously, best team in the country, undefeated, going to go undefeated into the conference championship weekend. So they're still a legit contender. Texas A&M, right on the border of in and out of legit contention. They need Alabama to lose 
lose twice to be able to get to the conference championship game, but still only having one loss, and that one loss being to Alabama. They continue to improve every week. They beat Florida. So some stuff could happen, and they could be right on that border of in this conversation. And, of course, Florida, one loss to Texas A&M at Texas A&M, win over Georgia, going to win the SEC East, going to go to the SEC championship. If they could pull off the SEC championship win, they're in. That one-loss team, they're very deserving. They've been imp- they've been really impressive this year. And let's take a look at the Big Ten also. The first one, IU. Um, they haven't lost a game yet. They've been impressive. They've got wins over Michigan and Penn State. They play Ohio State later this season. If they somehow knock off all three teams, they're, I mean, first off, they'll be going to the Big Ten Championship game. But if they beat all three of those teams in our Big Ten Champion, it would be so hard to leave them out. Even if uh, somehow they lose to Ohio State, but then end up playing Ohio State in the Big Ten Conference Championship game. I don't remember off the top of my head how the Big Ten Conference is doing their championship game, if they're doing it like the ACC is doing with the two best teams or the two highest win percentages, or if they're still doing um, like East and West. Um, but there's a chance that IU um, absolutely could be in playoff contention. Ohio State, obviously, with Justin Fields, an undefeated record, they're going to be in if they finish undefeated. IU is going to be a test for them. And then obviously in the Big Ten Championship game, they could run into Wisconsin. Also, Wisconsin undefeated right now. They missed two games due to covid So they're at risk of possibly not being able to qualify for the Big Ten Championship game if they miss another game. But they have been a very impressive team so far this season as well. The ACC originally had three. I originally had Miami, but with how questionable they've been playing these last couple weeks, I'm just going to knock them out. I'm going to say they're not really in contention anymore. Notre Dame and Clemson, really the only two. There's a chance that they both get in. Obviously, Notre Dame has the win over Clemson. If Clemson can avenge that in the ACC title game, um, it would be hard to say that either of them don't deserve to be in the playoff. It, it would also have to see what else kind of happens across the country. Uh, Big 12, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, they're both the only one-loss teams in the Big 12, but they're going to need a lot of help. So I'll say they're they're kind of in that Texas A&M situation. They're right on that border of in the conversation, out of the conversation. I think the Big 12 probably looking at getting shut out again this year. Same with the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 is looking at getting shut out again this year too. But obviously, Oregon and USC, both undefeated, both solid teams, both have great opportunities to show what they can do and to say, hey, you know what, we deserve to be in this playoff conversation as well. Oregon, by far, to me, has a better chance, but I still think with every with every other team in the country that's been so impressive this year, I think they're going to be fighting an uphill battle to get in. And if chaos breaks out, there are some group of five teams that are in conversation. Marshall's undefeated. Coastal Carolina's undefeated. Cincinnati and BYU are undefeated. I think those two, BYU Cincinnati, have a better chance at Coastal Carolina um, and Marshall do. But they've both they've all been improving, and you never know what could happen. Um, I think BYU has the best chance of the group of five than then Cincinnati. But all four of these teams, if they go undefeated, could be right on that board of that conversation if there's some chaos that happens. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into a playoff prediction, though. So we're going to give you the top six. So we have the first two out and then the four teams that are in. And don't worry, we'll give you the scenarios as well. So we start off the number 16 in the first two out, BYU. Finishes undefeated with some chaos across the top, but just not enough to get in. Number five, and this is going to be the surprise, a one-loss Alabama who loses to Florida in the SEC Championship in a close game. Normally, I would have them in. However, let's look at the scenarios of the top four, and it'll kind of explain why. The number four seed, 
I would have a one-loss Notre Dame who loses the ACC championship game to Clemson. That double overtime win at home against Clemson is better than anything Alabama would have on its resume, especially if they lost to Florida in the SEC championship game. So I would have them just barely edging out Alabama as the fourth team. Number three, one-loss ACC champion Clemson. Playing Clemson in the semifinal would be the number two Ohio State Buckeyes, the undefeated Big Ten champions. The only reason I have them number two is because I think the team I have at number one with their body of work has a more deserving resume for the number one seed. Um, And so I would have the number one seed, the Florida Gators, the one loss SEC champion, their only loss being in a close A&M with wins over Alabama on a neutral site and wins over Georgia. I just, to me, that's what I think the resume could end up looking like. And I think that resume would be just a little bit better than anything that Ohio State could put forward. Um, the Big Ten's kind of down this year. I mean, there's five teams that only have one win, and their win is all against each other. It's just this big cycle. So I think that's going to play a big part in it as well. So my college football playoff would be the one in the four, Notre Dame versus Florida, and the two in the three, Ohio State versus Clemson. I would probably have Florida playing Clemson in the national championship. Um, I won't pick a winner yet. I still want to give some time to see how the season goes. Obviously, we're going to keep updating every week. But right now, that's who... We think at the end of the season, the playoff is going to be, we touched on who we would give the Heisman to right now. Um, down the road, that could change too. If Trevor Lawrence comes back, puts on a show, or Mac Jones continues to ball out, um, there's absolutely going to be changes in those rankings every week too. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's edition of the Blackboard Football Podcast. We're hoping to get back right at it next week, and we hope you all tune back in.